Hello everyone, this is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesale and Electrical Marketing with the October 5th edition of today's Electrical Economy podcast sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. The company began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit fittings in 1988 and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics, meeting the most stringent codes and specifications. In today's broadcast, we will explore some key weekly economic indicators that will give you a sense of where the electrical economy may be headed in the coming weeks and dig into some other metrics measuring the construction industrial markets that will be of interest. We'll be looking at the encouraging momentum in the Purchasing Managers Index and the latest value of construction data. Let's first check out some weekly economic indicators that can offer you an idea of where the market may be headed and when and where any economic turn for the better may be occurring. These five weekly indicators are initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rate count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring today's electrical economy. Let's look first at the unemployment claims at the state level. The weekly unemployment data from the U.S. Department of Labor and the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics highlights the states with the most unemployment claims so far in the COVID-19 crisis. This data is valuable to electrical distributors, manufacturers, and independent reps because it offers empirical evidence of just how big an issue layoffs are now at the local level. On a more positive note, when these claims start declining and establish a trend in a more positive direction, there will be a clue for you about when the economy in that state may be starting to improve. While still high, unemployment claims and the unemployment rate are heading in the right direction. The advanced number of actual initial claims unadjusted totaled 786,942 in the week ending September 26. That's a decrease of 40,263, or 4.9% from the previous week. The advanced unadjusted unemployment rate was 7.8% during the week ending September 19th, and that's a decrease of 0.7% from the previous week. That's also heading in a pretty nice direction for us. The five states with the most new unemployment claims for the week ending the September 26th were California with 226, 179 claims, which was even from the previous week's report. New York with 66,568, which is a decrease. Georgia with 43,072, a decrease of 6,349 claims. Texas with 40,073, a decrease of 8,353 claims. Florida, 29,360, a decrease of 9,668 claims. Well, some pretty big numbers, but as you can see, most of those are decreases, so that's definitely some good news on this front. One of the more interesting leading indicators for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic. It's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, which publishes this data weekly at www.aar.org. For the week ending September 26, total U.S. weekly rail traffic was 518,290 carloads and intermodal units, which was down 2.1% compared with the same week last year. Total combined U.S. traffic for the first 39 weeks of 2020 was 18,083,402 carloads and intermodal units, a decrease of 10.7% compared to last year. An intermodal unit are the tractor-trailer freight carriers that you see on the back of, of trains. As you can see in the slide, we're still experiencing declines in all, all of the key freight categories. Total traffic was down 10.7% year-to-date through September 26th. Intermodal units down 6.2%. Coal 
has generally been the category declining the most over the past year at minus 27%. Some other big categories with large declines include motor vehicles and parts at 25.2% and metallic ores and metals at 19.3% decline. If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes recount, which tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. This data is available by the state, basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and shit gas deposits. It really gives you a sense of just how many of the large oil plays are in Texas and Oklahoma, and how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. I must be sounding like a bit of a broken record on the data from the Baker Hughes rig count. The decline continues. The total rig count for the United States stands at 266 operational rigs, and that's down 69% from last year. It's also a drop of 589 operational rigs. The Permian Basin in Texas accounting for the largest portion of this decrease with a decline of 286 rigs. Those declines have not really moderated very much over the past several months. The price for a barrel of the benchmark West Texas Intermediate Oil hasn't changed much since our last report. It has stayed in the $39 to $40 per barrel price range. Well, prices have a long way to go before they get to a price where drillers make money. That varies by region, but a good rule of thumb is $60 per barrel. Economists like to call copper Dr. Copper. That's because it's a leading economic indicator for future economic activity because it's used in so many industries. The construction industry is among the leading markets because of its use in wire and cable and copper plumbing pipe. Copper prices slipped under $3 per pound in late September and have stayed there for the last two weeks. It's still the highest level for the year. Some of the value of new construction data for August was a little more encouraging than it has been in past months. It came in at 1.4% higher than in July and up 2.5% from August 2019. This data is published monthly, usually the first week of the month, by the U.S. Census Bureau. One of the things that I find most interesting in this particular data is how it illustrates the share of all new construction accounted for by the various building and construction segments. You might be surprised to learn that residential construction accounts for a combined total of 48% of all private and public construction. The other large individual segments of the total construction market, which account for quite a bit of electrical sales, are educational at 7% of the total, electric utility work in the private sector at 5.6%, manufacturing in the private sector at 5.4% of the total, office construction in the private sector for 4.9% of the total, and healthcare at 3.3% of total construction. A closely watched forward-looking indicator for the industrial market is the Monthly Purchasing Management Index, or PMI. It's published by the Institute for Supply Management in Tempe, Arizona. They developed it from a monthly survey of industrial purchasing managers on their forecast for future purchasing activity. In this index, any reading over 50 points indicates a growth environment. While the PMI dropped slightly in September, it's still solidly in growth territory and right now is one of the more bullish economic indicators in the industrial market that you can find. One of the reasons that I like the Purchasing Matters Index is that it was also published as verbatim comments from respondents. The comments published for the September report reflect the generally optimistic viewpoint represented by this key economic indicator. Here's a couple of the comments that were in this week's, this month's report. Still struggling with long lead times for components coming from contract manufacturing in China, said one manufacturer in the computer parts business. Volume remains lower than one year ago, but has steadily improved over the past two periods, said a manufacturer in chemical products. Uh, 
And in the transportation equipment segment, one industrial purchasing manager said, business is booming and the supply chain has been caught off guard. We're working closely with our suppliers to ensure supply and to trying to control cost. The resin industry, along with plastics, is driving cost increases and scarce availability. As you can imagine, someone in the petroleum and coal products didn't have much good to say right now. Our business has not yet begun to recover, they said. And from the fabricated metal products industry, overall business conditions are improving, but not at the rate we saw them decline. I also found these comments to be interesting. Here's one from the machinery industry. Our customer order intake is increasing significantly for deliveries in the first half of 2021. Outlook is generally positive. Here, here's one that's interesting in the food, beverage, and tobacco products industry. Retail sales remain strong, but food service is still down about 15% year over year. All of our factories are still struggling with manning shifts due to the positive COVID-19 cases and or quarantine because employees came in contact with someone who had contracted the virus. Here, from our own electrical equipment, appliances, and components industry, here's a comment. Demand remains high, strong finish to 2020 projected with an even stronger 2021 fiscal year. Prices have increased in certain categories, but no major price increases of our own have been implemented yet. We are seeking an uptick in reshoring opportunities in the third quarter across various industries and products. And one last comment, this one from the plastics and rubber products industry. Business has continued to be strong with the September following with September following August. October is also shaping up to be a good sales month as well. This concludes the market data portion of our presentation for today. A special thanks to the folks from Champion Fireplace for sponsoring today's Electrical Economy podcast series in 2020. While you're working on your electrical sales forecast for 2021, you might find yourself in need of some additional local data. Check out Electrical Marketing. An annual subscription for only $99 will give you online access to electrical sales estimates at the metro, county, and state level, electrical product sales estimates for 17 product categories at the state level, access to a construction database with hundreds of projects, and building permits at the state and local level, as well as other information on unemployment rates and gross metropolitan product. That subscription to electrical marketing will only cost $99 per year. You can subscribe to by going to www.electricalmarketing.com. Just click on the menu icon at the top left of the homepage and click on magazine subscription. Contact me if there's any other type of economic data you would like us to cover in these podcasts. And thanks again to the folks from Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the today's Electric Economy series of podcasts for 2020. Our next presentation will be on Monday, October 19th. Thanks and have a great day.